welcome to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. I'm your host, Lonnie Swain. I'm a media veteran, digital content creator, and strategist. My career has required many cross-country relocations from my hometown of New Orleans to Baltimore, St. Louis, Chicago, Dallas, back to New Orleans, and now Miami, Florida. The purpose of this show is to remind you that everyone has to go through something to get somewhere. I lead personal and professional development conversations in hopes of inspiring you to live your best and most authentic lives. And just a reminder, I always love to know what you think about the podcast. So don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Thank you so much for listening. Now let's get into the show. All right. In today's episode, we are talking about Black creatives, specifically Melissa Kimball, the founder of Black Creatives, a media and production company that advocates for Black genius across creative industries, producing thoughtful content and experiences that live at the intersection of culture, community, and creativity. Melissa has created the premier Twitter chat for Black millennials with hashtag Black Creatives. As the co-founder of the newly launched Kindred, a platform that supports professional wellness for Black creatives. As a digital media strategist, Melissa has worked with small businesses, major brands, mission-driven startups, entrepreneurs, and creatives to share their brand stories through social media campaigns and consultations, handling social media for live events, brand ambassador, influencer programs, and more. Her vast career includes her work as the social media manager for Ebony Magazine, Dream Village, 2018 Sundance Film Festival, Golan Harris, Burrell Communications, McDonald's, the NFL, ORS Olive Oil, American Family Insurance, and OWN TV's Black Love Doc. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you today. It truly is my pleasure. So I'll get give everybody the backstory. Melissa and I originally met, we were on a panel together for mm-hmm. Let's Vibe, a yes. young millennial women's networking. And um, I say it's so much more than networking. I'd mm-hmm. say lifestyle sure. and um, yes, I, I want to say support yeah. group. Yeah, I want to yeah, say support sure. group, like just <laughs> supporting the development of young mm-hmm. women. And mm-hmm. we were speaking on a panel together and I just recently learned about your latest project, Black Creatives. So tell everyone more about what Black Creatives is, does, and why you thought it was something that needed to be created. Yeah, thank you so much. And I, I have to say too, like in regards to like Let's Vibe and Karen and Diamond, like what they're building, it's really amazing. Um, so I just mm-hmm. definitely want to start off with that. But you know, yes. Karen is such a big advocate of the work that I do with Black Creatives. Mm-hmm. And Karen actually uh, designed the logo that you see as well. Oh, nice. So that's well, how look, we, Karen, yeah. <laughs> Karen helped with one of my logos for Lonnie Lou's. So she's a great uh, artist, creative, graphic designer, um, does so many different things really, really well. Great person to work with. Diamond Mm -hmm. is amazing as well. If anybody's in Chicago area, I don't think you can join out of Chicago, but Let's Vibe, Mm -hmm. definitely connect with those ladies. They're the people you should be in in good company with. Um, Yeah, so back 
to the question at hand, though. So uh, Black Creatives, we started off as pretty much an online community. I created it back in 2010 was when I originally had the idea for it. I think 2012 was when I really started to work on it. And then 2014 was kind of the turning point for me, getting a better idea of what I really had at hand. But I created it as an online community. You know, I had been working and doing a lot of different like freelance and online publications during a time in my life where I was just way outside of the industry that I wanted to be in. I graduated from college, you know, right when the recession hit and um, it was a very difficult time and I was looking for inspiration of people, you know, who are, who look like me, um, mm-hmm. who are building, you know, their own careers and, and their own, you know, visions and missions without being attached to anyone bigger. I mean, I think that's a lot of what the recession did for people, yes. for like women, you know, women especially women and just men but people in our age group especially like the recession really forced us to kind of pivot mm-hmm. um, and so I wanted to just tell stories of like those who were again working for themselves just figuring things out and you know building their dreams when it just seemed like at that time it was just impossible to do and so I wanted just to create a platform for that and over time it started to turn into a community and so now mm-hmm. we're starting to rebrand and Black Creators is now officially a media and production company that advocates for Black genius across creative industries. And so how does that advocacy work? Yeah, no, it's a really great question. And so what we're looking to do, that advocacy works kind of in a few different parts. You know, one part is just being able to tell the story. There are a, a tons of, again, creatives out here who are doing really substantial, meaningful, powerful, cultural shaping work that um, don't get a lot of attention from the mainstream media because they're not celebrities. Mm-hmm. So being able to, for one, you know, give those stories a, a platform and a community to go into and feed into, that's one part of the advocacy. But then also, you you know, speaking up and we're positioning ourselves now to do this, but really acting as like that liaison between the companies and the corporations that profit off of black culture and our talent and our ideas and our likeness. But we're also underemployed, underrepresented in a lot of creative fields, underestimated in a lot of ways, underfunded. And mm-hmm. so I'm using Black Creatives as a platform to really show and highlight to these companies and corporations like you, you need our talent. And yes. this is why you need our talent. Um, mm-hmm. And so doing that, you know, whether that's connecting people with job opportunities, creating content for these brands and corporations who want to reach this demographic, but don't know how to do that in a genuine way. Um, mm-hmm. And also bringing issues and ideas to, to light as well and figuring out, okay, how can we create substantial change in these creative industries outside of just, okay, here's a job, and then we leave that person alone. So we're also the set this like in the second phase of Black Creative. Mm-hmm. We have um, some things that we're working on through, with another platform that's going to be attached to Black Creative called Kindred that will address those like internal industry issues from like a diversity and inclusion standpoint because we don't want to just stop at like helping people get hired like that's great and I definitely believe that one really good opportunity can really change your career trajectory so that's our starting point yes Mm -hmm. for a lot of creatives 
But over time, we want to be inside of these companies, teaching them how to nurture and and grow our talent. Um, Mm -hmm. Because there's so many different factors that come into play. Like we really want to be that go-to brand Mm -hmm. that companies and corporations can come to and say, like, we don't want to just do diversity. Like we want to create long-term change. How can Mm -hmm. we do that? So we're working on different programming offerings as well to not Mm -hmm. just help creatives, but also help these companies as well. So it's it's a twofold. It's very interesting Mm -hmm. when you build a company around community because you have to be a a service to the community. So that's one function. And then you have to be in service as a business as well. And so that's where we're currently now, like working out what the difference is between the two. Because that retention piece is a big one Mm -hmm. as well, because there are Mm -hmm. a lot of people that I know as people of color, they can look around and see that within their company, they are far fewer than their white counterparts and the growth opportunities or the retention Mm -hmm. within the company half the time are far fewer for the people of color. And so it's just really interesting. It's like, oh yeah, we hired you, but Mm -hmm. we don't intend to keep you or don't know how to keep you and make you Mm -hmm. feel included after being after the hiring part you know and a lot of people get frustrated with that so Mm -hmm, that's that's mm -hmm. a really big one so i'm 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 happy to hear that you're already looking to tackle that aspect yeah no it's it's important and i'm sure you you dealt with this throughout your own career that you said something there about just that like how to keep Mm -hmm. most of these companies and corporations don't know how don't even know our skill sets i've i've been in spaces and they were valuable very valuable spaces to be in agency life was a really great experience for me and i always wanted to move full-time i was contractor at the agency that i worked at when i worked at mcdonald's Mm -hmm. and i loved the atmosphere and i was like this is the type of environment i want to be in and when it came time for you know our contractor position to kind of ease up because i was part of a team Mm -hmm. um, when that time came up there was nowhere for me to go and really mm-hmm. no guidance on if I wanted to move into a role, how could mm-hmm. I make that happen? Even though I had been at the company for for a year, you know, mm-hmm. and had contributed great, you know, as a part of a great team and great work. But mm-hmm. again, like I just, you know, again, black creatives, you know, we also tell stories, but then we also want to make sure that we have more stories to tell. In, right. You know, 15, mm-hmm. 20 years. And so speaking of stories to tell, share your story of how you went into Black creatives full time. Ooh, um, so it was actually I got pushed into it. It's something that I've always wanted to do, but it was something that I thought, okay, I'm going to, you know, give it, give corporate life a couple more years and I'm going to have my ducks in a row and I'm going to have this and that. And um, mm-hmm. after I got laid off from Ebony last year, I got a job offer in New York. And I moved here for it. And at the top of the year, I got fired. And some people like to sugarcoat it. I'm like, oh, I got laid off. But no, I got fired. Mm-hmm. Um, my performance <laughs> was was really trash for a number of different reasons. It wasn't because, you know, I'm incompetent or that I couldn't do the job. Mm-hmm. But I realized once I got in the role, like it, it was something that I just did not want to do. It just wasn't a good fit. 
on both yeah. sides. I think that the company was definitely well-intentioned and, and me as well coming into it. You never want to take on a job and then completely bomb at it. But mm-hmm. there were a lot of different factors that were coming in, into play that I hadn't, you know, addressed coming to a new city working in a completely different job environment, you know, going from Ebony, which is majority um, a black company for the most part, and right. then switching back over to, you know, a more diverse company, not that many mm-hmm. people of color, a different mm-hmm. industry. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've worked on both sides of the fence. So I mm-hmm. definitely think that in terms of who I worked with wasn't as big of a deal as I had just literally, yeah, Mm -hmm. the work itself and the the fact, the context of the situation, I had just been laid off unexpectedly Mm -hmm. and didn't have any clue that that was coming and that my life was going to change so rapidly. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it had a really big impact on how I showed up at the next job. And so Mm -hmm. it just ended up not being a fit. They ended Mm -hmm. up letting me go at the very top of this year they fired me. It was January 2nd. Mm-hmm. I would never mm-hmm. forget that. Happy so, New so, Year to um, you, Melissa. <laughs> know, right? Happy 2018. Um, and so, you know, from there, I have just been, you know, freelancing and, and building Black creatives up full time. And again, it was nothing that I expected because I even when I got, you know, fired, I was still like applying to jobs and trying to figure out how to make stuff work. And then Sundance came and then other projects started to come about. And I said, well, okay, let's, you know, if if this is, you know, the way that God wants me to go, then, you know, I'm going to try to figure it out. And so here we are. Would you have been available to do Sundance if you were still working that job? No. No. <laughs> exactly. No. All of the things that, you know, the opportunities that have come and we talked about this before we started recording that so many success stories, especially in the field of entrepreneurship, begin with I was pushed into it because mm-hmm. of similar situations. I went to this uh, women's empowerment expo this past weekend and one of the women speaking, she has her own law firm now. And she says she started her own law firm because she was let go from two firms prior to that. And so after Mm. getting let go the first time, it was like, okay, let me go get another job. And then the second time (laughs) she was let go. um, Now she said laid off. She probably might've been sugarcoating it, you know, maybe inspired, who knows, but same you know, results. You don't have a job at the end of the day. However you want to put it, somebody said your services are no longer needed. And so she created her own platform Mm -hmm. because she said, you know, she didn't want to be in that situation again where somebody else could determine her fate or her livelihood or when she was getting her next paycheck. And I think that a lot of times that's what happens. There's a saying you were given this life because you could handle it and I I believe that this the same you know just applying that to every situation you know Mm. that figuring it out and there are going to be some some rough roads trust and believe I know that it's not (laughs) it's it's not it's not easy but it will be worth it and to to be able
able to relate to your black creatives clients, mm-hmm. you have to be walking in their shoes for a minute to know like, OK, exactly. this is what it is like to be a creative, to be freelance, to to try mm-hmm. to sell and market yourself and your services and your talents and your skills and all of those things. So mm-hmm. I think that it definitely goes hand in hand. Yeah, that's that's incredible. And that's so comforting. Even as you were speaking, like, and just, you know, telling me about her experience, like, it gave me a little bit of comfort. Like, okay, like, I'm not the mm-hmm. only person. Yes, <laughs> yeah, you know, definitely not. It. Yeah, I just thought about this, too. Um, this is actually my third time being fired or mm-hmm. getting let go. Um, mm-hmm. When I was living in Atlanta a while ago, this is like maybe 2014, also a very rough period, but I was working, I was doing social media for a boutique mm-hmm. and uh, had been there. I, had, I hadn't even been there like a month yet, but mm-hmm. was there like a week or two. My grandfather passed. And oh, so I had I'm sorry to, to hear that. No, thank you. Atlanta for a while. And when I came back, they let me go. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. But like you said, I think everything, if I'm not learning anything else in this past year, is that even when I don't understand it, like things are definitely happening for a very specific reason. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, I'll say in my career, in my radio career, I've been let mm-hmm. go a total of three times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After it happened the very first time, I said, if this ever happens again, I am done with the radio. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the second time it happened was GCI. And they said, oh, oh. yeah, your services are no longer needed. And yeah. that's their you know, standard line. And so I was like, OK, I'm done. Well, then, of mm-hmm. course, an opportunity comes that I couldn't say no to in radio. Mm-hmm. And I think it was God testing me saying, OK, you said you're done. Now, let me just dangle this carrot right here and see oh, if you bite. Wow. So yeah. I took that opportunity and it lasted six months. <gasps> and they that situation was they canceled the show altogether. So everybody wow. got let go. And mm. so I said, okay, now I know. I, mm. you know, without a shadow of a doubt. And I've even, you know, entertained some interviews for radio opportunities. And mm-hmm. every time it just never feels right. And yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, like, how did it feel? Every, uh, yeah, because I've done if, that too. Yeah, it felt like no, a big no with 20,000 exclamation points and bold letters. It Mm. felt like no. And so I think that it's important that we honor those moments and honor those Mm. feelings and and trust in our experiences and and trust that they're leading us to greater. So Mm -hmm. um, no matter what it feels like (laughs) in those moments, um, but I think that that just also speaks to what you're doing with Black creatives and that there Mm -hmm. is definitely a need for it. And there's a a reason that it was put on your heart to create it. So Mm -hmm. I think that Mm -hmm. that's just a confirmation that you're living and breathing right now. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. So now hopefully we'll just very soon get to the blowing up and and monetizing and and being wildly successful. And so that brings me to the next question. 
when someone is hearing about black creatives and they want to get involved or want to mm-hmm. be a part of it is that from the brand side is that from the creative side who is it that you're looking to reach primarily right now is it to connect with the brands what is the bigger focus right now oh that's a really great question i think it's it's two focuses i think it's one definitely nurturing the community because mm-hmm. i mean when i you know first started it you know obviously it was like okay this is just something i want to do for myself but now that you know, we involve more and more people and we do the Twitter chats and then we want to do events and we want to do things like that. Like the biggest piece of advice that I've gotten is like, if you're a community-based brand, like your top focus should always be the community first, right? Mm-hmm. And making sure that they're taken care of and that I'm servicing them in the way that I'm supposed to. Because I think the more that we double down on that mm-hmm. and really hone in on what, you know, people in the, a part of this community want and what they need to grow, I think that the bigger things will come. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the community is always a priority first, the people in the community. Mm-hmm. Like I said, really being of service to them. And then also I think the second priority right now too is also to let, you know, brands and companies know that we actually do exist. Mm-hmm. And that when people say like, oh, I'm trying to find, you know, a writer in California who does X, Y, and Z, but also happens mm-hmm. to be, you know, a black man or a black woman or identifies as black, um, mm-hmm. they can find them. And so we mm-hmm. just want to be that resource. I think it's twofold. I think it's the community first, first mm-hmm. and always. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's the, the brands and companies and, and starting these conversations with them about how they can help us be of service to the community, you know? Melissa, what's been the top three lessons that you've learned throughout this Ooh. process of creating Black creatives? The, the I know there's been way more than three, but the, yeah. the top three <laughs> that come to mind first. Yeah. That I can't operate from a space of lack and build this thing at the same time. Um, that's been one of the the biggest things. Um, I think I've always been a high achiever and, you know, wanting to do well and do these different things. Um, but sometimes for, and I can say this for myself, I won't say this for like people who are just naturally high achievers, but I say that for me, a lot of how I was moving before and operating before was really coming from a place of lack because I there was just so much fear mm-hmm. that I had been attached to and been holding on to and didn't really realize it. This year, it just kind of come to a head, especially, you know, as an entrepreneur, a freelancer, literally everything that you eat, you kill, you are like managing from a professional, mental, physical, spiritual standpoint, mm-hmm. um, because it's such a big journey. But yeah. this is a lesson that I'm continuously learning right now is that I can't, I can't have like lack and also have faith. Mm-hmm. Like one has to lead more than the other. And up until now, I had been leading, leading a lot with fear and lack. Mm-hmm. And so I'm learning how to reverse that. Uh, the second Preach. thing is that <laughs> look, it's on my, right I'm look, it's on my mirror right now. I'm looking at mm-hmm. it. Um, I'm going to have to put it just, on mine. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, just, that's been a, a big thing because as an entrepreneur and a freelancer, so much of your life, and I think actually in general, so much of our life is, is led by 
our perspective and how we see mm-hmm. things. And if we don't yeah. have that proper perspective, it's go it's gonna fuck us. Excuse my language, but it's gonna fuck us up. Like it's, <laughs> uh-huh. it's yeah. just you know. Um, and and I, I think, think a yeah. big part of that is because so much of entrepreneurship is unknown. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's that fear mm-hmm. of the unknown yeah. that it's like, you yeah. know, I have a mm-hmm. goal, but I the unknown is how I'm going to get to it or yeah. I, yeah. I attained and achieved something. But the unknown is how long am I going to be able to maintain it or how how am I going to top the last thing I did? Or, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's just as simple as, OK, I just had this big contract or this big project or this big client. How long am mm-hmm. I going to keep them? How long is is the check going to be coming in, you know? So mm-hmm. when it, and then mm-hmm. those types of things as an entrepreneur, you get down to the real basic level things of, you know, I have bills to pay and I want to keep creating, but sometimes the checks ain't adding up, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's, a, it's mm-hmm. a lot of fear of that and, and having that faith when you, you can't see the next stair or the next mm-hmm. step or the next mm-hmm. uh, direction to go in. So I think that, you know, it's just so much unknown with with mm-hmm. entrepreneurship a lot of times. Yeah. And sometimes you're not just reinventing the wheel, but you're creating it in this exactly. space, you know, that yeah. there is no blueprint. Oh, my God. Yep. Especially so. now, you know, mm-hmm. I think that if we were in this the same industry 20, 25 years ago, I think that, you know, what would be creating would look a lot differently. But so much has changed. I mean, even when I graduated college from, I graduated college in 2009, just from 2009 to now in this 10 year span, Mm -hmm. I never had any idea that social media was going to be, you know, none of us had any clue, you know, a Mm -hmm. a thing, let alone a business. Right. Um, And so we're working with so many different new tools and technology that just didn't even exist in the last, like, 10 years ago. Um, Exactly. And which, I mean, it helps us, but it also, I think it it can hinder us, too, if we put too much value on it. And so that that brings me to, I think, another thing that I've learned is that peace is not passive. I mean, I deal with uncertainty in some form every single day. And if you're not careful, it can really take a toll on you just from a mental, emotional, spiritual standpoint. And I've had to learn that just as much as I work to like bring money in or build up my business structure or lay the foundation or whatever you want to call it, that I also have to be very proactive about how I'm taking care of myself and what I'm doing for myself. I know it's easy, and I was thinking about this last week, but it's like, it's crazy how I had to come to the busiest city in the country to learn (laughs) how to be quiet and Uh appreciate stillness. Like, Mm -hmm. God has the illest sense of humor. I just thought that was the funniest (laughs) thing because, you know, this journey, especially just being pushed out into it, has really forced me to go within myself and really figure out what my triggers are, what works and what doesn't work. Like, what does it feel like when I'm, you know, genuinely uncomfortable or not feeling safe as opposed to like trying to play small? Like, what is it? What are the differences between those things? Um, and I've just learned that you really, you really have to work to take care of yourself 
twice as hard when you're an entrepreneur or when you're a freelancer because you don't you're not given a you know a safety net every mm-hmm. day you know you literally have to kind of create that that piece for yourself yeah absolutely i love that and that going back to what we said everything happens for a reason that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. just and having to see it for what it is and and so just even in your top two lessons that you've already named, you know, Mm -hmm. this experience has been so valuable, Mm. you know, and had your circumstances been different, you might not have learned those specific things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I was, (laughs) I don't think think it was going to give me an opportunity to do that as well. What's one of your favorite self-care practices? How do you come to stillness? Yo, it's simple, but for me, especially lately, it works. But I like to, if you're a person who likes to clean mm-hmm. to decompress, mm-hmm. scrub out your bathtub and then mm-hmm. make, like get it all clean and mm-hmm. then take a shower, put down some like essential oils like eucalyptus or like, peppermint is pretty good, rosemary, anything that you can smell while you're in the shower. Mm-hmm. Turn off the lights, light a candle the best mm. 10 minutes of your life, I swear. You can put on music. You can put on music. Minutes. I might have to be that for about 30. <laughs> that sounds good. Um, and then I'll say for my, uh, my my third lesson, it's so hard to choose three. Um, but I'll just That's do the good. One that, That's like, good. Yeah. So many. me <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning a lot. Mm-hmm. Um Tracy G from Sway in the Morning mm-hmm. once said to me that, um, you know, you are responsible for your own energy. You know, whatever you bring, you know, to a situation or to a, a room or wherever you are, like you're responsible for the energy that you carry. And I think a lot of times it's easy to like, okay, well, so-and-so didn't do this, so now I feel this way, or so-and-so is not doing that, or I, you know, could have did this, or I could have did I think it's easy to get caught up in those woulda, coulda, shoulda, but I think at the end of the day, um, we can, we have to control our own energy, and I, and I think that kind of connects with the other two to a mm-hmm. certain extent, but I think I was uh, at one point allowing so much to get to me and taking so much personally mm-hmm. and like internalizing every single mistake and every single failure and every single layoff. And mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't being fair to myself. Again, uh, I, no, nothing gets you to, to learn more about yourself than being an entrepreneur. You know, yes. I say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I just, I've really had to be mindful, like, you know, Melissa, you, but you get to set the tone. Like, yeah, you may wake up and you may not be sure, you know, how this is going to get paid or how this is going to get done. But again, I have to control that energy. So I can either let my mind kind of go that way or I can, you know, choose to do something else and take another step. So it also speaks to not letting your outer circumstances get mm-hmm. inside of you. You know, the, the mm-hmm. old saying about the boat that you could be in the storm, but as long as no water mm-hmm. gets in, you know, you could be mm-hmm. in rocky water, but as long as no water gets in the boat, you good. And right. I think that with 
with everything in life, not allowing our outer circumstances, the outer experiences, the outer energy, sometimes mm-hmm. toxic people, you know, come in and, and alter who you are and how you're showing up and letting those mm-hmm. internalizing those layoffs or things like that. Cause it's, it's hard to take the, not take those things personally, you know, right. when you're in it, you right. know, like, right. like y'all don't want me, you know, that rejection stings and, and you can feel like that's something with you. But a lot of times, as the saying goes, that rejection is for your protection and to redirect you in in your purpose and in your towards your destiny and all of those things. It seems so cliche when you're in it going through the thick of things it's like that's the last thing you want to hear but it's so true Mm. when you can start to make it to the to the outside of the experience and look back and it's like oh yeah that had to happen exactly the way it did for me to be Mm. right here where I am right now that's part of your testimony that's the chapter every (laughs) every hero and heroine has their story of like I went through these things, girl. Let me tell you, 2018 was a rough one, but I'm here now. And this is, you know, you might have a book on the horizon to write about your your experiences because it all goes into the story. Melissa, thank you so very much for sharing your story, your your experiences, your truths and and your lessons learned. If someone wants to learn more about you and Black creatives, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, and again, thank you so much much for having me always just grateful and just humble that people want to hear <laughs> my story but yeah of you can so black creatives were blk creatives one word all lowercase everywhere um black creatives.com black creatives on facebook twitter instagram um and i'm just melissa underscore kimble k-i-m-b-l-e uh everywhere as well I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. Please visit my website, LonnieSwain.com, where you can sign up for my monthly newsletter, check out companion blog posts, show notes, and lots of other cool stuff. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Buzzsprout, CastBox, Anchor, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and my website. I love and appreciate all of your feedback, so don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with at least three people who you think would enjoy it too or benefit from the information. Until next time, go where you are celebrated and appreciated, not just tolerated. Talk to you soon.